We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Start for the win. It's good. Shevsky takes flight as SGA plays through the contact, banks it into the foul. What is up and welcome to the uncontested post-game podcast here on Thursday, December 23rd, just a couple days before Christmas and the Oklahoma City Thunder fall to the Phoenix Suns, uh, ending a, a three-game winning streak. The Oklahoma City Thunder had previously beat three Western Conference playoff teams, obviously tonight coming into Phoenix on the road on the second out of a back-to-back against the team with the best record in the NBA. They were 15-point underdogs, um, so obviously very, very undermatched against one of the best teams in the league, Oklahoma City. If you haven't tuned in this season, um, you know a lot, of, a lot of promising young talent, but certainly nowhere near the top of the league, quite the opposite. Should be a, a bottom-five team when it's all said and done. But um, ultimately lose this game tonight, like I said, ends a three-game winning streak. They won't play again uh, until after Christmas on the 26th when they'll take on the New Orleans Pelicans, which should be an interesting game in itself. Um, Last time these two teams faced off, it was the 61-foot buzzer-beating game winner by Devontae Graham in Oklahoma City right after Shea hit the game-tying shot to what we thought would send it to overtime, left 1.4 seconds left on the clock, and the Pelicans heave it from three-quarters court and uh, ultimately win the game there. But in, in this game specifically, uh, in terms of the Thunder versus the Phoenix Suns tonight. Um, it was an impressive win, like looking more holistically. I think the fight, the fight that Thunder showed was pretty impressive. They were down by as much as 15 in the first half. Um, by the time halftime came around, they actually had a three-point lead. And a lot of the wins we've seen from Oklahoma City this year, I think they actually lead the league in 15-plus point comebacks. I think they have six of those this year. Um, they were down 15 in the first half, like I mentioned. Usually it takes them a while to chip away at those leads. Um, they typically come out pretty strong in the third quarter and, and chip away into the fourth, and then those games they do come back. It's it's like a you know last five or six minutes they win the game. Um, tonight, First half, you know, 18-point swing in, in what was essentially the, the majority of the second quarter. So impressive fight from them there. Um, in the second half, Phoenix pulls away yet again. I think they were up by as much as 
16 or 18 I had to pull up the uh, the box score to actually see Phoenix's largest largest lead in the second half. But Oklahoma City fought back again. They never got super super close. Like it wasn't a you know three point game late, but they were within I believe seven points with under three minutes left. Which all things considered, with the discrepancy in talent and where these teams are at, um, Oklahoma City losing by 12 points tonight when they're 15 point underdogs. On the road, second out of back to back, just just an impressive effort, right? Like this team's not looking to win games this season. It's more about development, and this is one of those games where you can chalk it up as a, a moral victory and um, you know valuable minutes for the young guys. You know, played against one of the best teams in the league. Um, you know, Chris Paul, former Thunder point guard, um, you know, obviously looks great still, even at age 36, 37, whatever he is just getting minutes against some of these top tier teams and games that you're actually competitive in, like in a lot of blowouts, these, these contenders will rest their starters, the majority of the second half and, and certainly the fourth quarter if they're up by enough. And when these games are close, you're getting 48 full minutes against a legitimate championship team. And I think these games are very, very valuable uh, regardless of the outcome, you know, at the end, like 12 points versus losing by three points, who really cares? Um, I think it's just valuable minutes in general for, for a team like Oklahoma City. So digging into the box score, I'll start with Phoenix. Um, I think personally, Phoenix is one of the the, the most well-built rosters in the league today. And, and that's not a hot take. Obviously, they have the best record in the NBA. They're 26-5 and five on the season, 15-2 and two at home. Keep in mind, this is, again, a, a home game for Phoenix tonight. So super tough to beat in general, even harder to beat at home. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, 19 points, 12 rebounds. All things considered, um, Thunder extremely undersized um you know on any given night they're they're going to be very very small in the front court just with their center rotation uh Dignall talked pregame about how they make up for some of that lack in size on their wings with guys like Josh Giddy and um you know Darius Baisley off the bench and Poku who plays kind of a wing at 7 foot they've, they've got larger wings so that's how they combat having a, a smaller center rotation with guys like Muscala and Favors and Roby and JRE and, and everyone else that kind of plays that center role. Um, all things considered, Aiton with 19 and 12, that's that's what you expect. That's close to what he averages on the season. So him not going off impressive in general for the Thunder. Chris Paul, 16 points, 7 assists. Three steals, always been a menace on the defensive end. I think it's an under underrated part of his game when you're looking back at his body of work when it's all said and done. The Duke can defend. He's very undersized, uh, albeit well-built. You know, a lot of these guys that are really, really small in the NBA are also very skinny. Saw that last night with a guy like Bones Highland, obviously a, a rookie, and it doesn't have the trajectory to be a Chris Paul. But a lot of these guys that are smaller are also very skinny, and Chris Paul has always had a... A little bit of thickness to him, which I think helps in the defensive end, kind of being a, a bulldog. Uh, and then Devin Booker leads the team with 30 points, 7 assists, 7 rebounds. He was on triple-double watch. I think he had 6 assists, 6 rebounds early in the fourth. Um, ultimately, he does not get the triple-double, but, but an impressive night nonetheless. Off the bench, Phoenix didn't actually get a ton of production off the bench. A um, couple guys with two points, Landry Sham with three points, Cameron Payne with eight points, although it was not efficient. He was three, three of ten from the floor. But the guy off the bench that really carried them in this game, and to be honest, if he didn't have this kind of game, 
Oklahoma City may be really, really close to winning it. It was Cameron Johnson, uh, 21 points, was a plus 13 on the night, 5 of 5 from three-point range, 7 of 7 from the floor, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, like 21 points on 7 shots is bonkers. Like the dude just did not miss. His only missed shot of the night was from the free throw line. He went 2 of 3, so he did miss one free throw. Just a, a perfect game. And, and like I going back to having the, the perfectly built, perfectly constructed roster, um, it, it's, it's guys like that. You know, they've got these guys that don't have to be starters, don't have to be stars. They know their role. They play very, very well in their role. And nights like this, you know, just extremely efficient outing from, from Cam Johnson. On, on the Thunder... Side of things, SGA, no shocker, leads the team in scoring with 29 points. Also had seven assists, five rebounds, coming off of a triple-double against the Nuggets the night before. Uh, so that would have been Wednesday night. Had a a, a very last-minute triple-double. He had 10, 10 rebounds. One of them was taken away. Ultimately got one added back. And I think he even had an 11th one. I, I didn't ever go back and look at the, the final box score, but... The live box score was taking rebounds, adding rebounds. We never really knew what he had, but SGA did get. Uh, it was a second career triple-double against Denver on Wednesday, the first in Oklahoma City uh, at the Paycom Center slash Chesapeake Energy Arena. Just in, in the building in Oklahoma City was the, the first one since Russell Westbrook uh, in April of 2019. So he comes out tonight. You know, great. Great scoring night, 29 points. Like I said, seven assists, five rebounds. Didn't didn't get near the triple-double, but 50% from the floor, two of six from three. While two of six from three is not great, like that's 33%, um, that's actually good for Shea. Coming into this game, I believe he had missed 12 straight threes in, in the two games prior. I think he was 0 for 7, 0 for 8 last night in Denver, and then 0 for 0 for 0 of 5 the night before the, the game before just really really struggling from deep this season like last year we praised him for the 50 40 80 splits this year's not been close to that like he's still been a great player you know game winners game winning assists like logo three pointers against the lakers and crunch time like he's been a really 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 good player don't get me wrong but the efficiency which was what was his calling card last season which really made him stand out Last season, it's not been there. Like, there's a lot of guys in this league that can score 29 points in a game. There's a lot of guys that can average, you know, 22, 23 points a game like he is. But on the efficiency numbers, that's what makes him special. I'm hoping he can get back to that point this season. But to this point, it just has not been um, something he's been able to do. But tonight, um, relative to what he's done, again, 10 of 20 from the floor, 2 of 6 from 3, 7 of 7 from the free throw line. That's promising. He's a guy that when he gets to the line, he's at his best. He's driving a ton. He's in isolation a ton, um, just getting to the rim, drawing fouls. That is truly when he's at his best. Um, JRE, 11 points, 5 rebounds. A lot of those came late in the game. He had a bunch of big points late in the game, a, a big triple, uh, a big tip and layup, a couple of solid rebounds against DeAndre Ayton down the stretch. Lou Dort, 10 points, not his best night shooting, 4 of 16 from the floor, 2 of 9 from 3. I'll talk about three-point shooting here in a little bit. Um, I'll, I'll briefly touch on it here. Shea and Lou shoot a lot of threes. And I, and I know this team is very much so in a rebuild, but the, the 
the three-point attempts we're seeing from them now should not be the three-point attempts that we're seeing from them when this team's contending again. And and when they're contending again, maybe their shooting is better. But at this point in the season, like, like lose, lose three-point shooting streak that's right behind Steph Curry, like X number of games. I think it's like 43 games in a row with the three-pointer. Man, that's great. But it's because he takes so dang many. It's not like he's going out there and putting up Steph numbers like in, in terms of efficiency. Like tonight he made two threes. Like that's that's great. Like he's had a lot of multi three point games this year. But he shot nine. Like two of nine. If your name's not Lou Dort and you're not on a rebuilding Thunder team, like two of nine is not something that you should that you should strive for and, and not something your coach wants to see. Um, again, Shea, not, not been a good three point shooter this year. Uh, like I said, it missed like 12 in a row coming into this game, two of six, like that's 33%. That wouldn't be considered like a great three point shooter if that was his average all year, but it's better than what he's shooting this year. So all things considered, I think those are very different, um, situations like Lou fires a bunch of threes, but I think they're good threes. Like they're, they're typically in rhythm, Albeit they're a little bit deeper than you might like to see from a guy like Lou. Like he's not a Dame. He's not a Steph. Um, you know, you'd like to see him like right on the three-point line and catch and shoot rhythm. He takes some deep ones. Shea's issue is more of just the the high level of difficulty. He's He does not shoot many catch and shoot threes. Um, he doesn't shoot many catch and shoot shots in general. He does... He does not have a very high uh, percentage of field goals assisted upon. Like I said, heavy ice. So like one of the heaviest ISO players in the league. And so when he's shooting three-pointers, it's pull-ups, it's step-backs, it's sidesteps, it's it's these very, very high-level difficulty three-point shots. And he's fallen in love with that that sidestep to the right. He hit, he hit it against the Clippers. That game-winner against the Clippers buries it, puts the Clippers away. But over these last five or six games, like that has not been a good shot for him. I, I We'll have to go back and probably dig into the numbers to get an actual percentage, but I would guess he's shooting probably 20% on those on those sidestep threes over the last week or two. Like just just not good. Um, so I think those are two very different issues on on Lou and Shea in terms of three point shooting. But you know, someone's got to shoot threes. Someone on this team has to score. That's why they're shooting so many shots. That's why Shea. I mean, Shea has the green light because he's Shea. Like he's the face of the franchise right now. He's he's about to enter the first year of his, of his max contract extension next season. Um, this is all exploratory, developmental. You know, these games don't really matter in terms of winning or losing. So sure, go out there and hoist them, you know, get that in-game experience. But, you know, three years from now, the Thunder are trying to contend or trying to make the playoffs. Like Lou and Shea are not guys that I'd love to see 15 to 20 three-point attempts between the two of them on any given night. As as their splits sit now, at least um, off the bench, Darius Baisley, another solid game. I thought um, eight points, ten rebounds, three of nine from the field, which isn't great, but one of two from three, um, a steal, a block, only one turnover. Like he just he just has been a spark plug off the bench, and in a really really good way. Numbers don't pop off the page like. Yes, it was almost a double double, but it wasn't like a game where you look at Baisley and you say, "Holy crap!" Like he just jumped off the page with this production. But with a guy like him, it's almost the flip. If you're not thinking about Baisley throughout a game, it might be a good thing because usually when you're watching Thunder games, if Baisley's name is coming up a lot, it's it's a lot of times it's negative, like a bad turnover late in the game, 
or, or a bad shot attempt, like what was he doing, trying to do too much, turns it over, gets ripped, bad pass, you know, whatever it might be, bad defensive possession. So usually when you when you hear Baisley's name, it's not for good reason. So when it's an under-the-radar game, you think back to to this game in particular, and it's like, yeah, I remember him, you know, skying up for a few rebounds, blocked a shot like he normally does, had a big three-pointer, you know, just high motor, went out there, played his role off the bench. Those are the best games for Darius Baisley. So so props to him. Kenrich Williams, seven points, four rebounds. Mike Muscala, like he always does, just buries triples. He was two of five from deep. Ten points, six rebounds. Overall, like I said, solid game from the Thunder. Showed some some resilience there against one of the best teams, if not the best team in the league. They certainly have the best record, so if you go off of record, they are the best team in the league. Um, yeah, solid effort. Um this team will have a couple days off before, like I said, they will play the Pelicans the day after Christmas. Um, but from here, I just, I'd like to go into some more holistic themes for this game, for this team, for the future. Um, I think it starts with actually the similarities between the Phoenix Suns as a franchise uh, two to three years ago versus the Thunder as a franchise. So when you think about the Thunder... Um, they're in a unique spot where they have more draft capital than like any team ever. So when you're thinking about the rebuild, and Presti said this, Sam has, has gone in depth about, you know, we're not modeling this rebuild after anybody in history. Like the, the league changes, the situations change. There's a lot of luck, whether good or bad. I think we saw bad in the lottery last year where the Thunder had a, a really, a really solid chance having two top five picks end up with zero. Um, on the flip side, this year they could have the fourth best odds and land the number one pick. You know, there's there's a lot of a lot of factors you can't control and a lot of things you have to be flexible with and, and adjust with along the way. Um, and again, nobody else has ever had the amount of draft capital Presti does. Most rebuilds don't have a guy like Shea, where you're like a borderline all-star, um, legitimate, um, like rising star, 23 years old, can win games by himself for the most part. I, I put up a, a tweet today, I think the last two seasons, I think it was 40, 43.5 or 47.5% of games that Shea has played in the past two seasons. So this is not including... The Chris Paul year, this is not including the Clippers year where they made the playoffs. This is these last two seasons where Oklahoma City has widely been considered the black eye, the you know, one of the worst teams in the league. They win they win over forty percent of games that Shea Gilgis Alexander plays in. Like, think about that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
he he sat out a lot of last year with the the foot injury. He's missed three games this year. They've lost all three of them. Like when he plays, they are competitive. They played the best team in the NBA tonight by record. They were very competitive. Like there were stretches where the Suns would pull away 15 points, 18 points. The Thunder would get right back into it, take the lead or make it competitive. Like the Suns had to play their guys all night long. They have a huge game on Christmas Day against the Warriors and they had to play their guys all night long. I guarantee you coming into this game, they're thinking, man, we got the Thunder tonight. Huge game on Christmas, national TV, you know, against another top team in the league. I think they had the second best record in the league. Um, that's a big game. Like they would have loved to rest their their primary players tonight. And they couldn't. Like they had to run their guys to the very end to put the Thunder away. And and it's just it's impressive. And when Shea plays, they're good. Going back to my original point, I kind of got off on a tangent there. The the or the uh the Suns rebuild, I actually would like to see the Thunder do something similar. So the the Suns were very, very bad, like two years ago. Um they ended up having the eight no bubble. So they were good enough to go to the bubble, but even at eight and they didn't actually make the playoffs. So if you remember it was any team that theoretically had a chance to make the playoffs during that last stretch went to the bubble. The Suns won every single game in the bubble and still did not get in, which just goes to show how bad their record was that season in general before that eight no run. So they were they were legitimately like a 12, 11, 12, 13 seed in the Western Conference. All of a sudden, they... You know, they they add another couple more smaller pieces. They trade for Chris Paul, and boom, it's like a it's like an overnight they're good again kind of a thing. And I think for Oklahoma City, while it's hard to replicate what other teams have done in the past, if they were to get a top three pick this year, let's I mean like player X, Paolo, Chet, um, Jabari, whoever it might be, one of those top guys, you draft him in this in this upcoming class. Maybe you package the Phoenix pick and the Clippers pick and you draft another guy at 10, you know, some kind of some kind of three point shooting wing that you think you can develop. You play out next season. Um, maybe maybe you end up in their top five pick. Maybe you end up something more like like 12 or 13. You're fighting for the play in. you just miss it. All of a sudden, you've still got all of these picks You've got two more years of these rookies that you're bringing in. So you're adding to Trey Mann, to JRE. You know, you've got two more years of like four to five more rookies that you can you can build around that are like first round talents. Use some of those picks to trade. Like if you look at some of the more recent trades, Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday, I mean, even Paul George. Like you look at like the the players, the the, the biggest players that have been traded, uh, James Harden. Uh, over the past, you know, two or three years, it is a combination of picks and pick swaps, usually somewhere between six and eight picks slash pick swaps and a young player with how many young players and with how many picks the Thunder have. And, and this isn't like like breaking news, like people have talked about this. This is this has been on under Twitter. It's, I'm sure every podcast talked about this when the Thunder are good enough to be a play-in team like the Suns were almost in the playoffs that bubble year 
when they're like on the fringe of being a playoff contender, all they have to do, Sam Presti snaps his fingers and says, the next disgruntled star that's under 30 that wants out, here's here's the package that every other star has warranted over the past half decade. Here, you grab that veteran. They come into your system. Shea's 25, 26 at that point. Giddy's 22, 23. You've got all these other guys like you, like the Thunder getting back to contention, not even like championship contention, like playoff contention is, is not far away. Like the Thunder can definitely draw this out. Like Sam Presti could say, I'm not trading for anybody that makes us better for the next two or three years. He could want to go to that Victor draft, that Scoot draft, and say, I want to get another top five guy in 2023. We play out that year, and then maybe 2024, 2025 time frame. Then you start to trade. So this definitely could be extended out another two, three, four years easy. But if Sam Presti, if Sam Presti woke up tomorrow and said, I want to make the playoffs, he could do it. Like this team is already competitive enough to be like not a bottom feeder when they're playing their their full roster. Um, in the Western Conference, like they're like only two or three games out of the play-in coming in tonight. I mean, he could snap his fingers, go trade for a guy at the deadline, and and the Thunder could be a play-in candidate. Like it's it's not that's that's not a surprise to anybody. Like anybody that's watched the Thunder this year have seen how competitive they are. Um, they're exploring crazy things. You know, you've got Baisley off the bench now. You're starting Wiggins, which gives you. Three rookie starters, JREs kind of flip flop between the four and the five. Um, there's just a lot of things going on. And if Presti really wanted to win now, like tighten up the roster, tighten up the rotation, make a couple trades, like th- this team could be competitive. Should they do that? No. It's all about patience, not taking shortcuts. Like you guys have heard the spiel. Presti's talked about it at nauseum uh, in multiple press conferences. But like this team is set up for the future. I think it's very, very similar to the Suns and the fact that when this team is good again, I don't think it's going to be like Shea, Paolo, Dort, Giddy, Poku. Like, I don't think it's going to be all young guys. Like They could take some of those picks, go trade for a guy that's 28, 29 years old, towards the end of his prime, that's rated to take this team over the top and do that. So... I know that that last rant there was not necessarily about this game, but I think it's it's fun to watch a team like Phoenix that's largely young, largely homegrown. Think about it. Booker, Bridges, Aiton, like their their core guys were there when they were bad. Like when the Phoenix Suns were bad just a couple of years ago, that was their core. And then they go get Jay Crowder, they get Chris Paul, their guys develop a little bit more over that time too. And all of a sudden, best team in the NBA. NBA Finals appearance. And so just consider that too. I know everyone likes to talk about does Presti have too many picks? Like you can't draft all these guys, but there's the trade aspect too. And I think when the Thunder are ready, they've got the ability to to pull the trigger. So again, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder fall to the Phoenix Suns tonight. That was by a final score of 113 to 101. Thank you for tuning in to the uncontested postgame podcast. Again, this is Nick solo pod tonight i don't know if you guys know this i podcast with a bunch of old men we got jacob and, and justin in their 30s um they're probably in bed right now it's 10 40 central time these west coast games are a little bit too late for them so if, if they if they listen this far on the pod 
Uh, hope they hope they enjoyed a little trash talk there. But again, Thunder will be back with you guys on the 26th, the day after Christmas, taking on the Pelicans. And we will be breaking that game down on Twitter. We'll have a post-game podcast. Um, actually, if that's on a Sunday, we'll be having a group podcast. But either way, um, talk to you guys again on the 26th. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.